Well, good morning again. What a video as you think of, as I was brought to thinking of Awana and uh, the ministry of reaching kids here in our church for uh, well over 20 years. Uh, pretty amazing. In Operation Christmas Child, I've packed many a boxes myself. Well, this morning I counted a privilege to be back here to be able to speak to you as I, uh, it's been a while. And uh, I continue to serve up near Drayton at a little country church called Tyne, up there about once or twice a month, and continuing in my studies, which is interesting to think, I'm almost a year into a two-year program, at the end of December will be a year uh, that I've been in the program, and it's been going very well. Quite a challenge. Um, and I'll say this as I, as I kick this off, uh, I have been challenged in what I do and how I do it. Uh, the Lord has really changed things significantly at times. So this morning I'll even say that I may feel like I'm, I may seem like I'm off. Like I'm not where I'd like to be or you're going to find that I ain't as fluid as I'd, I'd, I'd like to be. But that's because I'm, I'm learning new things. I'm trying to implement new things that I'm learning. And it's, uh, it's almost like I'm uh, uh, starting all over again. But it's a, it's a good start. And it's uh, a way of really seeing the Lord impact my life as I'm learning and trying to apply it as I go forward. So that's just a little update of where I'm at. I'm going to school at Oak Hills in, in uh, Bemidji through, inter- through the internet. Class on Thursday night for three hours. And it's a, it's a two-year program. And like I said, at the end of December, I'll be done with my first year, which is kind of amazing. So this morning, the title of my message is Witnessing God's Rest. And it was a number of weeks ago that I received a text from Ellert one afternoon, evening. Uh, and uh, as he was texting me and, and asking, he said, Dad, what do you take it to mean by God's rest in Hebrews 4? Here's my son texting me, asking me what the word means. And I kind of gave him a quick answer. I kind of said, you know, Ellert, it's about God's rest both here on earth and our eternal rest in heaven. Kind of gave him a quick answer. I uh, didn't go into much detail and kind of left it at that. But I felt uneasy when I talked to him. And it was like, you know what? I'm going to school here at Oak Hills. I'm in a preaching and teaching class. I'm learning how to interpret Scripture, how to dig into the Scriptures and study it. And here I give my son just a, a pretty quick, casual answer. Didn't sit well with my spirit. So I, I kind of got uh, into, into my book. I pulled out one of my commentaries. I looked a little deeper. I said, you know, there's more to this. And I need to find out what that is. As I continued to study, the intriguing part was there was way more in there than I originally thought. And it made a connection to Ellert that I didn't see initially. To my own son and him asking the question. See, he was asking me to interpret Scripture. And that's exactly what I was learning. That's exactly where I'm at right now. I just got done with the preaching and teaching class, so this is kind of a challenge to me, again, to put some tools in my toolbox that I've never had and then to use them, even this morning. But I had been learning for months how to interpret Scripture, and El was asking me to, to help him. And it's centered around the main part of it was God's rest. And that's paramount. God's rest. Us coming into God's rest and knowing His rest. But that was, there, there, there was more to it. 
you know, as I was studying and I was going into it, I'm saying there's another theme, there's an underlying theme here that, that seemed to be coming to the surface. And see, this book was written to the Hebrews who had real ties back to Judaism, back to their, back to their native uh, ancestors. And as it was, they were talking here, they talked, the underlying theme was, he's talking about God's rest as the ancestors moved into the promised land. And here, they were getting a warning. A warning not to follow in the footsteps of their fathers. So how did it connect to Ellert? And, and what was this underlying theme to mean to me? Well, it made me look at my own life, my own ancestry, and what my son was seeing. What was he seeing in his father's footsteps? What do you want to follow in them? What does my ancestry say to my son and to others? What would it say to any of you in this church that know me? So I was challenged. You know, I can say stuff in words. Any of us can say stuff in words. That's pretty easy. I like they say, words are cheap. But what am I modeling? That's what's going to have real eternal impact on those around me. So this morning, we're going to look at how we can discover how we as Christians can be a witness of God's rest by focusing on three essentials of our walk of faith. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I do thank You for this morning. I do thank You to the opportunity to come together, even this morning, uh, again dispersed, that the church is essentially empty. But we know that your church isn't empty, Lord, that your church lives outside these walls. And I pray, Lord, that as your word goes forth, that it would touch the lives, the, the minds, and the hearts of those that are hearing. Lord, they could be hearing here in New Folden, they could be hearing across the state of Minnesota, across the world. We don't know where this is being shared this morning. But I pray, Lord, that your would not, word would not go void. And I pray it all in the precious name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So this morning, the first essential that I want us to look at, and it comes from the three verses that I read earlier, and we'll pick the first verse, see to it that you don't turn away. This comes from Hebrews 3.12 where it says, See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Sinful, unbelieving heart. See, that's what the issue was with those that got perished in the wilderness. They, they, they didn't stay till it. They turned away. With the sinful, unbelieving heart. They didn't want to keep following. They, say, they saw God work over and over and over again in the wilderness, but yet they chose not to continue to believe. They chose to turn away at some point, which therefore they never entered the promised land. See, if we go to, uh, to verse 1 of chapter 4, I have to back up a second. When Ellert asked me about uh, what Hebrews 4 meant, as I got into reading Hebrews 4, I said, you know what? Hebrews 4 is one thing, but really it's referencing back to 3. It's referencing, because if you look at the beginning of chapter 4, the first word says, therefore. And we like to kid, and you hear it many times from the pulpit. What is therefore, therefore? 
Well, here it's pointing us back to what was written in chapter 3. And if we want to get real biblical, there were no chapters in the original Bible, and this was one story, so there never would have been a chapter break. It would have just referred back to what was being said. But here in verse 1 of chapter 4, it says, Therefore, since the promise of eternal rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you is found to have fallen short of it. See, again, this is referencing back to chapter 3, verse 12, where it's saying that turns away from a living God. Here in chapter, or verse 1 of chapter 4, it says it in a different way, but the same thing, found to have fallen short of it. What does it mean, fallen short of it? Well, they never made it into the promised land. They had turned away. See, it was no value to them. And they didn't combine it with faith, which if we go on to verse 2 of chapter 4, that's what it tells us. For we also have had the gospel preached to us just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them because those who heard it did not combine it with faith. See, it seemed over and over in the wilderness they didn't have the faith in God. They saw Him do the miracles. They saw Him do the things that, that He was doing to give them life in this wilderness. But yet it's like at every time that God did something, they forgot about it. They didn't have faith that God would continue to do what He had done so many times in the past. It was no value to them because they didn't combine it with faith. They had faith for a short time and it dropped. Faith for a short time and dropped. See, one of the things that we learned in studying Scripture and that I've learned in school is there's two things that we really have to understand to really get into what the Word is really saying. And that's what was the meaning in their town to those that this was originally written to and then the, 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 the real job for ministers and for those preaching the Word is how does that connect now to our town? And that's really important. But their town, their fathers, those who fell in the way in the wilderness saw God at work for 40 years. And many chose to turn away. And what was their outcome? They never made it in. See, for us, what does it mean for us today? For those of us still on our journey, still working our way through our faith and continuing to believe as we're not to turn away, it says, verse 12, it says, talk about a living God. See to it that none of you turns away from the living God. See, friends, this morning, we don't serve a dead God. We don't serve a God of an idol. We don't serve a God of stone or of wood or a plaster or anything. We serve a living God. And we have all of this to tell us about Him. And to confirm that for us. And the Holy Spirit has been given to each one of us as believers to have that worked out in our lives. There is so much written about Christ. He lived among us. So I challenge us this morning that we do not turn away from the living God that is living here and now today in us, through us, through the church, and through our lives. So as our first essential is see to it that we don't turn away, our second this morning is see to it that we focus on today. As we go on 
to verse 13, it says, But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be have come to share, no, that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Today, if you hear his voice. Not tomorrow, not what you heard yesterday, what you hear today. And so we have to have our ears on today. We have to be conscious of what God is doing today. Sometimes we forget that. We're, we're plagued by what yesterday was, and we're fretting about what tomorrow may bring. But we need to live today. And why would he talk about today? Why would he talk about hearing his voice? Well, I think it's very simple. You know, the, one of the words for Jesus is shepherd. What do sheep do? And if, he, if Christ is the shepherd and we are sheep, what voice do sheep hear? They hear the voice of their shepherd. So you can have a number of sheep in a pen. And that shepherd can come up and he can call out his sheep by name. The rest of them, they don't care what's going on. They won't listen, but those that, that is their shepherd, they will follow him. They will follow that voice. We need to follow our shepherd's voice today. See, this goes back to uh, Psalm 95, which is referenced in here, and, and we'll get to that in a moment. But in Psalm 95, in verse 6, I'll read this, 6 and 7. It says, Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, the flock under His care. Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah, as you did that day at Massa in the desert, where your fathers tested and tried me, though they had seen what I did. See, what the writer of Hebrews is doing is, is quoting David. And David is, is very well known to those of the Hebrews. See, the Hebrews are a Jewish group. And they're being challenged almost. A lot of them are wanting to go back to the old ways, go back to the old Jewish traditions. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, no, you need to continue to go forward. You need to keep continuing to follow the shepherd's voice, not follow your ancestors. The reminder of David's words today, we need reminders today. And it says we're to encourage one another. So as we come and we're not here this morning. But even this morning, even today, even today, you could text somebody encourage them in their faith. Encourage them there in their walk. See, for their town, let's go to Hebrews or chapter 4, verse 7. Because again it says this, Therefore God again set a certain day, calling it today. When a long time after later he spoke through David, as was said before, Today if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. See, the interesting or the important part about their town is, is the, the writer was quoting back to David, their ancestor, and saying this is what David said. Ancestry meant a lot back then. It doesn't seem to mean a whole lot to us today. We don't really seem to care too much about you know, what, what was said by grandma and grandpa or great grandma and grandpa to a point. We, we've kind of... We've kind of you know, uh, let that kind of slide. But it meant a lot in, in, in the Hebrews' day. And so it was quoting David, which their past ancestry was important. 
So what does it mean to our town? And I don't mean to single us out, guys, but, but there's a great observation or a great illustration of this from Promise Keepers. You know, I went to Promise Keepers down in St. Paul, I don't know how many years ago, many years ago, and Coach McCartney said something. He said, guys, he goes, we got a disease. He goes, we got a destination disease. Well, what's that? He said, as guys, we're always living beyond. We're always living tomorrow. We're living next week. We're living next month. We're not living today. He said, our counterparts, the women, they live very much today. They're taking care of kids. They're, they're, they're doing the laundry. They're, they're providing food. They're focused much. They're living today. Guys, they got a little bit of something on us. And we need to quit living in the future. And we need to live today. So not only do we need to not turn away or see to it that we focus on today, our third essential this morning is that we need to hold firmly to the end. See, verse 14 says this, We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly to the end the confidence we had at first. And this references Hebrews 4.11, which says this, Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall away by following their example of disobedience. Make every effort to enter that rest. Hold firmly to their end, as many of their ancestors did not. See, in my own life, hold firmly to the end the confidence you had at first. See, I remember back to when I first came to know Christ. In those days, those beginning months, and I remember the one time that uh, I was at my grandparents' farm, uh, my dad's parents were out on the farm, and I had just come to know the Lord within the last, maybe even weeks, I don't know what it was. But I'm sitting there at Grandma and Grandpa's kitchen table, and I'm sharing Christ. I don't know how many of my relatives were there, I have no idea. I just know I was so fired up about this new relationship that I just had to share. The confidence I had seemed to be just way beyond me. The confidence in what I was learning and what I had recently learned. It was incredible. But why is it over time it seems like our confidence seems to kind of wane? We kind of don't maybe have as much confidence or don't seem to be as, as bold as we could be in our faith. We kind of let things slide. And here we're being reminded that we hold firmly to the end. It isn't where we start up here and it's a downhill slide, as Gary talks about, a zipline theology that only can go one way down. No, we need to continue to stay firm till the end. We need to continue to be growing and going the other way. Not letting this thing slide and, and, and us sliding out of it. Make every effort to enter that rest and to continue in that rest. See, their town... The rest was the promised land. That was the rest. That's where they were seeking in this time in the wilderness to finally be able to be delivered from this wandering that they did in the desert. They did not enter because they didn't hold firmly to the end. What does it mean for us today? See, have we entered Christ's rest? Maybe that's the first question. We need to live it out to our end of our life here on earth. See, this isn't a life that we can just pick for a while and, and like we, we get in and then we can, just, we can just do what we want till the end of our life. No. 
This is a commitment to live this out, to live this Word out, to get to know this Word and live it out to the end so that we at the end can enter our eternal rest. So as we wrap up this morning, how do we apply this? How do we apply what is being spoken of to the Hebrews and also spoken to us today? The first question I want to ask is, have you entered this rest? Have you entered the rest that Christ gives each one of us? In Romans 3.23, it says, all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And in Romans 6.23, we're told that for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. And we saw that modeled on the video we just saw. So it's paramount that we enter God's rest. And I, and I have to bring this up. Being a Awana commander for years and part of Awana, I went to many Awana trainings. And Awana never once uh, uh, believes that or, or takes it for granted that everyone knows the Lord. You can go to Awana training where there might be Awana leaders that have been Awana leaders for 30 years. But there might be some there that don't know Christ, that have come to that training who don't know Him. And at the beginning of every Awana training or every Awana group, they always gave an uh, invitation to know Christ. And I thought that was so unique. See, for us, can I ask you this morning, what's most important to you? If somebody real close to you asked, if I went up to somebody real close to you this morning and said, you know, what is most important to you? What would they say? And then I'd like to ask your kids and your grandkids. What would they say that dad, what's the most important to dad? Is it, is it hunting? Is it fishing? Is it, is it sports? Is it pool? What is it? And then I'll go even farther to grandkids. What are they going to say is most important to you? Would they say it's your faith? Would they say that Jesus is most important? Your actions line up with your words. So this morning, I have to at the beginning, or at the end here, the beginning of my end, is put out an invitation. Do you know Christ? Have you invited yourself, have you invited Him into your life? Have you accepted the rest that He wants to give you? The rest from having to do the things that you think you have to do to get in? See, He offers His grace freely. And all we need to do is ask Him to come into our life and to save us from our sin. Say, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. And I want you now to be the Lord of my life. I would love to share it with you personally if you didn't know Him, but this morning, unfortunately, we're miles apart. Or countries apart, I don't know. But I know there's one resource beyond maybe calling the church is 1-800-NEED-HIM is a place you could start to develop this relationship with Christ. Because that is paramount. Nothing else of this matters if you don't know Christ and have entered His rest, entered this peace that He gives when you know Him. And it can only be explained when you experience it. And then, if you know Him, I'm speaking to you this morning when I say, hold firmly to the end the confidence you had at first. Like I mentioned about being on my grandparents' farm. 
And it's not your righteousness, it's Christ's. See, Christ went to the cross. He took the nails. He took the nails in His feet and His hands. He shed His blood for your sin and for mine. To be able to give us that day when we leave this earth a final resting place in heaven where we will be at rest. In a time here where we don't have to keep trying to work out that rest. He freely offers it to you and to me. And weary. See, those on the journey, those in the wilderness, they got weary. And they fell away. They didn't hold firmly to the end. What kind of witness was that? And not only do we need to hold firmly to the end, but how do you hold firmly to the end? You live it out today. Folks, we need to live out our faith today. Yeah, this is Sunday, and typically a day where people maybe are a little more faithful, if I can use it that way. Faith may be a little more important on a Sunday than maybe the rest of the days of the week, but it shouldn't be. Tomorrow we should do just as much as we do today, and Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday. Not like typical, and I've been there. Yeah, Sunday's a high day, and Monday I kind of forget God. Tuesday I forget a little bit more. Wednesday I forget a little bit more. By the time it comes Sunday again, it's, it's pretty small. No, we need to hold firmly to the end and live it out today. Not a casual relationship, but a daily walk. If today you hear his voice, in three different times in the scriptures this morning, it says today if you hear his voice. Not tomorrow, not next week, not what we heard yesterday, but today. We need to hear his voice. And not be on a treadmill and worrying about where it's going tomorrow or next week or next month. It's all about today. We don't even know if we're going to have tomorrow, to tell you the truth. And then, how do we live it out today? We don't turn away. See, we cannot be drawn away with a sinful, unbelieving heart, rebellious and obedient, disobedient. It's all about don't turn away. Where it leads God's people, where it leads God's people, it was a warning. It was a warning to them not to turn away. But many of them did. And where did it lead? To their destruction. So finally, as we hold firmly to the end, as we focus on today, and as we don't turn away, our witness will have eternal impact and value. Not only for ourselves, but for those around us. We will one day truly enter God's rest. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I do thank you for your word. I thank you for the opportunity to share it this morning, to be able to teach it, to be able to encourage one another in it. Lord, that we would see the value of what was shared. That, Lord, we are not to turn away. We are to stand firmly to the end. And we are to commit ourselves to you. So I pray, Lord, that your word would not go void, that it would impact lives today for your kingdom and for the future of many to come. And I pray this all in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen.